The House of Haller presents Tales from the House of Haller. DT's West End Tickler, read by Chris Courtney. Theatre host. So, it's 1987, and you and your companion are done up to the nines for your night at Follies. Only by now, you're both a bit worse for wear. They, accusative, were late leaving the office, you, dative, couldn't find a cab, and Shaftesbury Avenue, combative, was celebrating 100 years of gridlock. Completed in 1886, it was the work of Sir Joseph Bazalchet, who, perhaps coincidentally, also built London's main sewer. It's the three-minute bell when you finally burst through the doors at the Shaftesbury Theatre. And it could be an Olympic event. You have just 180 seconds in which to collect your tickets from the box office, purchase two G&Ts from the bar, and get to your seats before the lights go down. A slightly stooped figure steps forward to welcome you, his twinkly eyes more than slightly mischievous above neatly trimmed goatee and killer bow tie. Good evening to you. We knew you might be delayed, so we've held the curtain back a few minutes. Plenty of time to get your breath back, relax, and get into the right mood to appreciate this wonderful show. You won't see the title Theatre Host in too many programmes these days. Similarly, you won't find too many companies with a 94-year-old man on the payroll. Their loss. But Ray Cooney had given Richard Shulman a job for life. And Ray is nobody's fool. The incoming over, Richard and I would retire to the bar for a coffee. The secret to making the perfect cup of coffee is to judge precisely the right amount of coffee and then double it, David. A bit like life, I'd reply, acknowledging Richard's amazing personal story. We would sip our imperfect Shaftesbury brew with our feet resting on chairs, and sometimes tables, when the public weren't around. You must keep your feet off the ground during your breaks, David. If there's so much as touching the ground, the blood can't flow properly. I can remember Richard's fancy dress shoes and improbable socks to this day. The feet that had waltzed with Merle Oberon when she was a dime-a-dance girl in Calcutta. For most of her life, the film goddess would try to hide her roots by claiming to be born in Tasmania. And by coincidence, that Antipodean island's most illustrious screen legend, Errol Flynn, was also discovered by the owner of those same fancy dress shoes and improbable socks taking their break with me in the Shaftesbury Bar. Another screen goddess, Dame Gladys Cooper, once commissioned Richard to chaperone her daughter, Joan, when she was in London with Robert Morley. I must have done a terrible job, David, Richard confessed, grinning impishly. They were married not long after. Later, Richard would own the Paris Pullman, the pioneering London art cinema. And when the depressing-sounding Scandinavian titles he'd booked failed to put bums on seats, Richard changed the billing to Swedish Nudes 1 and Swedish Nudes 2. I think Mark Bergman didn't mind, because that was how he broke through into London. Richard's beloved Canterbury Tales, Richard was general manager, ran for 2,080 performances at the Phoenix Theatre, and later reprised at the Shaftesbury, 
where Richard was general manager prior to becoming theatre host. And as a young house manager at the Shaftesbury, Richard would listen to my petulant venting before adding some insight distilled over several decades in the business. Dear boy, I understand your frustrations, really, I do. But your problem is that you insist on thinking of the West End as an industry, which it isn't, and never can be, because everyone does things differently. Richard never really believed he was old, partly because he had two elder sisters. I only met them once or twice, but it was fascinating to see them being fussed over by their 94-year-old little brother, and where most of his elderly contemporaries would spend their Sabbath snoozing on sofas, Richard would make the journey from Swiss Cottage to a very hip hamburger joint in Lancaster Gate, where he was a regular. Because they do treat me so well here, David. Now, I could make a list of people who, like Richard, can utterly transform audiences' experience of West End theatre without once stepping onto the stage. Your evening at the Phantom of the Opera began on the Haymarket pavement when you were greeted by James the Carmichael, was it? The original Linkman at Her Majesty's, in his dashing red coat. Or ceremonial wear, handpicked by John Avery, of course. And if you ever want to know how it really feels to be treated like royalty, rock up at any show where Anthony Bristow happens to be working. So... Now that we're actively thinking about welcoming audiences back to our theatres, we should, I believe, be engaging our acknowledged experts in that field, the people who can turn even a so-so show into an unforgettable event. At least once a week, Richard would take me by the arm and point to the horrible pink columns blighting the doors of the Shaftesbury foyer. There is gold mosaic beneath that plaster, David beautiful gold mosaic. It fair broke Richard's heart that our audiences were missing out on something that would have delighted them on their visit to our theatre. I feel the same about not having gifted people in place to greet, guide and bid everyone a good night. I promise you, there is gold there. <laughs>